So just like with any um, IT-related career, you can do anything, you can learn anything online. You just have to find the right resources, find the right communities. So that's my advice. Look for the communities. People are more than willing to help you out um, because they uh, they experience being a beginner. So they mm. know how you feel. So you just have to be, you should have, you should have, you should be genuine with your, um, with your goals. Because mm. some people is just doing data science because it's trendy. Mm. And uh, people can really you know, recognize that. You're listening to Rome is in Manila, a podcast with the pandemic as its ground zero. I am Rome Juanetas. I am not your friend yet. Listen as we transcend through space and time discussing misadventures, noise, and learnings with guests who are learning and learning and learning things. Tune in. Stop being a stranger. Be a friend. Hello, Rai. Good morning. And thank you for coming today. Hello, thank you for having me, Rome. For this is my first ever podcast guesting. Yeah, I'm so honored. <laughs> thank you very much for I know for joining this show for the very first time and for making your first guesting here. And yeah, before we begin, I'd like to give you the opportunity to first introduce yourself, what you're doing now, what you've been doing in the previous months, anything interesting about you. Uh, so, I'm Rai. I'm also a chemical engineer, just like the other guests here. <laughs> but at least, I'm a licensed chemical engineer for at least another two years until mm-hmm. my license expires. Same, same. So, yeah. After I got my license, I worked in the water industry for about three years. And then, I got into data science. I spent some months unemployed, just learning about data science. And then mm. right now, I'm a data analyst in a retail company based in the U.S. Mm. So from chemical engineering, I jumped into a data job. Oh, I see, I see. That's really interesting. So could, could you tell me about the jump from, because you said you worked as a chemical engineer for three years and then you went into data science. What made that jump? Well, when I was working in the water company, I wasn't exactly practicing as a chemical engineer. Mm-hmm. My role there was more on the regulatory affairs. So legal stuff, administrative stuff. Unlike my other colleagues who were working in the wastewater plants, in the water treatment plants. So I really didn't have the chance to practice as a chemical engineer, as a legit one. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, remember the water fiasco last year? Mm-hmm. Do you live in Metro Manila? Yes, I live in Metro Manila. So, did you experience that water shortage? Not really. I mean, I, I think the shortage affected us, but I, I didn't feel it as much as other people, I think. Well, that's good, but... So this is around March last year. Um, suddenly, a lot of people didn't have water. 
and mm. I was still working in the water industry that time. So I really felt the impact on the employees. So uh, I'm actually working work in the subsidiary company. So I'm not directly working in the concern company. But mm. because of that thing, we were asked to help them out to volunteer. So I had I volunteered for a night shift with Raf. Um, we were manually um, typing numbers mm-hmm. and writing it to the whiteboard. We're getting um, information from Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I think there's a more efficient way to do this. So that's that picked my interest in data science. So I started looking around, um, asking people about it. And also since Kicks, my boyfriend is in the IT industry, mm-hmm. um, he was the one to encourage me to explore that world. Oh, I see. So it just started last year, this interest in data science. Yes. Oh, I see. And, and then you mentioned that you spent some time being unemployed just so you could study further, right? Mm-hmm. How, how long did that take? And did you take any yep. course or did you jo- join any class or anything? Um, yeah, I applied for a boot camp from Labs. It's a startup. So we were the pioneer batch. Um, I applied in, I think, around April and I got the acceptance around late April or early May. Hmm. So, I was just looking for a reason to leave my job. <laughs> so, I just said, uh, yeah, I resign. I'll go um, focus on this bootcamp full-time. So, I was there from... So, I resigned June and the bootcamp ended on July. Mm, okay. So, July, it's like a two-month commitment. So... So it's, yeah, it's, like a it's an everyday, okay. everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, we have classes from, from 6 to 9 p.m. And then their days, like a half-day thing. So mm-hmm. it was getting um, hectic. So it was more, uh, it made me, helped me more decide more that, uh, maybe it's time to uh, leave that job. Mm, I see. Well, uh, it, it seems like it's a very intensive training, doing that uh, for every day for two months. And you've probably learned a lot. And what are the interesting things that you've learned throughout that time? Like, if you can like, uh, Well, my favorite it. part of mm. it... Uh, my my favorite part of that bootcamp is learning how to code. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were the only uh, programming language I knew was MATLAB because we needed it for chemical engineering, right. and we have I haven't used it since I graduated because we still use um, kind of still use MATLAB during our final years, right? Right. So after during but during uh, work, I didn't have any opportunity to learn programming and stuff like that. So 
I really enjoyed learning Python, how mm. it makes life easier. Mm. And since then, I always prefer like coding over using spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, I see. That's really nice. Okay. Um, thank you very much for that information. I think that would really be helpful to a lot of listeners too, like that they can jump from one particular field to another that is totally different without much difficulty, I think. Or did you have any difficulty like jumping from one field to another? Um, yes, there are some difficulties, um, especially with the statistics part of the job. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you have to have that foundation, math and stat. And we didn't have any stat units during college. So, right. so I have to learn, relearn, and um, ask from help from my other colleagues who were stat majors. Mm -hmm. So, even though I have that edge with math, I was lacking in the stat part. <laughs> mm, I see. Okay, so there's difficulty, but yeah, all kinds of difficulties we can overcome. We can ask people around yeah. and yeah, ask for help all the time. I see. Okay, thank you. Um, how about now? Is there anything in particular that you are currently learning? Um, so when in data science, there are some special specialization you can go into. Um, like you can focus on making data visualizations, like making dashboards. Um, you can do machine learning or you can do data engineering. So in my work right now, I'm trying or I'm still finding out if I want to do that track, mm -hmm. data engineering, because so far uh, with what I'm doing recently and with what I'm learning, it's interesting. and. It's kind of fun. Mm. And uh, I don't need that much stat knowledge compared when, compared if I'm going to do the machine learning specialization. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting. I see. Okay. Uh, could you tell us, because uh, I'm not very familiar with data science, although I once had this curiosity about data science. I even bought a course on Udemy, but I didn't. <laughs> go through everything. What is data science in, in your own words? Um, data science is making use of unusable information. <laughs> you have, it's like processing um, blob of information into something that a, another person can use. So mm. in companies, usually data scientists are working with uh, business experts. So they're like the middleman between the data and then the decision makers. Oh, I see. So you have unusable data or probably just a lump of data. And then yeah. we have data scientists as middlemen that work with these data so that decision makers can use that data. I mean, mm, yeah, they can, they can understand. Or predict some stuff. Mm, okay. And then you mentioned that there are like specializations under data science and you mentioned about data 
engineering. So what is data engineering? Um, data engineering is concerned more on the back end, um, on organizing that data. So especially if you're a company with, uh, with a lot of information coming in daily, especially if social media, um, data scientists wouldn't have that much time to, you know, um, organize that data. So the data engineers will help them. So they set up databases, um, they set up the archi architecture, so they make the data ready for analyzing. Mm, okay, so it's like it's like they're still engineers, but instead of making physical structures, you're making virtual structures. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So I, I I want to um, compare it with chemical engineering such that it has the same principle. Mm. that you have a raw material and then you process it into a usable output. And you also have to think about uh, minimizing loss and having using energy efficiently because these databases are, you use a lot of energy. The, the servers use a lot of um, electricity and the providers doesn't give this for free. Mm you are built with how much you use their their server so you have to be efficient or else your manager will be mad at you <laughs> why why are you costing the company so much money when you can do something more efficiently mm, right i see i see so how are you learning this specialization right now this data engineering are you taking courses again or Mm, ever since I graduated from that boot camp, I've been continuously learning through data camp. Mm -hmm. So it's a learning platform wherein you can um, try out different kind of programming languages and do hands-on exercises so that you can test out your skills. So I learned through a mix of online courses and then application in my work mm, okay so this data camp is it a free resource or do you have to pay for it yeah it's a subscription uh, it's a subscription based okay and uh, how does it work like is it okay for beginner beginner or does it require a certain level of programming skills already it's okay for beginners because there are there are skill tracks wherein they have um, a suggested order of or courses that you're gonna take, so it's really user friendly. Okay, I see. Yeah, so probably the listeners were interested. Not sponsored. Yeah, <laughs> this is not sponsored, but yeah, people can check that out. Data Camp, right? Uh, aside from Data Camp, what are the other resources that? you're using? Um, Google search is my friend, Stack mm. Overflow. So when I'm working on something, um, I usually Google other people's solutions if there is. 
and then I try to tweak it into what the requirements of the task I'm making. So it's more of a trial and error, mm-hmm. as with any programming job. Yeah, more on trial and error. Right, and I I like that you mentioned that you look into whether or not some other people has already done something similar in solving yeah. a problem. Right. So you're you're saying that people just upload their solutions online, right? Yeah. That's what I like about the community or the IT industry. If something's already solved, don't waste your time doing not doing that from scratch. Someone probably uploaded it on their profile in GitHub or something. So the people are really helpful of one another. So I I like that fact that it's very collaborative and then people add on to what other people has already done. Wow, that's really nice. Okay, so now I'd I'd like to go back because now you're, it appears to me that you're now really into data, data science, data engineering. So do you think you're going to do this like long term and you're kind of going to, put chemical engineering behind and just move on, go forward? Mm. (laughs) Uh, I'm not really looking that far ahead. I'm Mm. just going with the flow. (laughs) I just know with myself that right now I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Because what I really like about chemical engineering is the math part. So the analyzing stuff part. So I'm still applying what I learned, kind Mm. of. Uh, with data, with data engineering. So I'm not totally, you know, um, putting chemical engineering in the past. Mm-hmm. If some opportunity came up, I'd like to use my degree somehow mm-hmm. in some way. Because we have um, like alumni from our department that works as analysts in chemical engineering companies right mm, maybe right. in the fuel fuel company something like that so there might be a way in the future we don't know true true yeah actually i, I remember there's one guy that i met on linkedin he's also a chemical engineer from our department and i, I think he's doing data something in japan but i, I forgot his name I'll, I'll look for look him up later but yeah, maybe you know him. Lawrence or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar. There are also, I also have org mates who's dabbling into um, data science. And also one of my org mates already graduated from master's MS in data science. Oh. So it's not a really far career to take from chemical engineering. Hmm. I see. Now, on the financial side, is it expensive? Like, studying data science in general, is it expensive? Mm, I don't think so. Just like with any um, IT-related career, you can do anything, you can learn anything online. You just Mm -hmm. have to find the right resources, find the right communities. So, that's my advice. Look for the communities. People are more than willing to help you out. 
um, because they are uh, they experience being a beginner, so they mm. know how you feel. So you just have to be. You should have. You should have. You should be genuine with your um, with your goals. Because mm. some people is just doing data science because it's trendy, mm. and uh, people can really you know recognize that. So you should really like doing it. You should be totally interested, and it will just come naturally. The people will help you. Mm, I see. How, how about the payback? The like, payback, <laughs> uh, financially. Yeah. I, I I'm far from that, sadly. But what I liked about it is there are more remote work opportunities. Mm. So even before the pandemic, I'm already working from home because because I can do it at home. Mm. So most right. most data scientists work from home. I know someone who's a data science data scientist in the World Bank. But mm. she's based in the Philippines, so or mm. sometimes in China, I think. But it's really a easily remote job. Okay, you I can see. do it anywhere. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And although I think in the Philippines, a lot of people has already worked remotely since maybe March or April. What would you have some? Tips on how to work remotely. I mean, how to better work remotely, since we're on this topic anyway. Like, do you have any special techniques or methods? Mm. Well, I'm firstly I'm privileged that my company has been a remote company for a number of years, so they know how things work. They know how to put boundaries with people's personal lives um, my advice to for your productivity while working from home your workspace should be separate from your um, resting space your um, your bed or something don't work mm. in your bed ever so it, this is my setup actually when I work although mm. I'm working in my bedroom I never leave this my desk uh, I don't bring my laptop on my bed, so you should make that boundaries with uh, within your workspace. Mm, cool. Yes, for for me, that's my workspace. That table there, and then this is my podcast recording space. Below this is my bed. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm also trying that one. Separating spaces, although I have a singular room. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, how about like, because uh, you people nowadays work at home, so they're at home twenty four seven, and there are things that arise, and people are probably on their phone twenty four seven as well. How how do you manage? Um, avoiding distractions from social media while working at home? Mm. Uh, you know, when the lockdown happened, it was, um, I had to adjust also, even though I've been working from home for the past months, because when I used to work from home, people are 
in their offices. They're not online. Um, but then when the lockdown happened, everyone's online. Everyone's everyone wants to um, hang out, do a Zoom call or whatever. And I feel uh, distracted. Um, but since then, kind of died. It kind of died down already mm. now. Uh, but for me um, to um, what to avoid distractions, I make sure that my social media apps doesn't have notification. Mm-hmm. So sorry for not replying soon. I I don't see um, messages until I open them. So mm-hmm. that includes Instagram. I don't have Facebook app on my phone. I only check mm-hmm. it when I'm on my laptop. And what else? Don't I have a separate account in my laptop for work and for personal so when I'm working on my work account um, I try not to open personal social media accounts mm, I see that that's really cool so first is to turn off notifications and then separating work accounts from personal accounts yes yes okay that's yeah thank you I, I think a lot of people can use that too for me, yeah, it's basically the same, although I'm usually online 24-7, but yeah, I started not, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of, what's this, asynchronous communication? Mm, haven't heard. Okay, so uh, asynchronous communication is like, because nowadays people are on chat apps like all the time so Mm. it's like when you send a message you expect to receive a reply right away right but asynchronous communication is the opposite of that you're not it's like you're not expecting to receive a reply so you just send a message without expecting to uh, expecting a reply in a few minutes or so Mm. so it's just like you're sending email so they'll read right. it when they read it, and then they'll reply anytime they can. So yeah, I, I've just read about asynchronous communication maybe a few weeks back, and it's a very interesting concept. I think it's good for people working in teams, especially those who are not in the same time zone. Mm. Yeah, because like you, right? Your company is US-based, so probably your team yeah. members are not have in the same time zone. in Manila in the US. So uh, just like with I don't have notification for my social media apps, I also don't have notifications for my Slack and email app. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my work email app, I don't have notifications because I, I expect that people will send messages during uh, hours that I'm sleeping. So mm-hmm. I also built that boundary. Before, I don't have the Outlook and Slack app at all, but mm-hmm. I just want, I, I installed it for ease lately. Mm-hmm. When people, because sometimes I, they cancel the meeting uh, while I'm, I'm asleep, so I can check immediately if I have to get up. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I have the app on my phone. Mm, I see. Okay, so actually, you're already practicing somehow. I think you're already practicing asynchronous communication in that manner yeah Yeah, that's why i hate people when they message and they just say right or something like that they're they're not 
giving the context of what they're going to say. You know, I'm just <laughs> anxious. What are you asking about? I'm because if I try to you know reply, they're go- going to expect that I'll be focusing on that chat box for the next few minutes. So please, people, when you message me, give the context. <laughs> Right, right. Yes, like they can already say everything they want, and then, yeah, you you'll read it when you have time and reply when you have time. I yes. see. Okay. Thank you very much. So so far we've discussed about data science, data engineering, working from home. So now we're gonna put that away and talk about something else. So aside from all these technical stuff that you're doing, is there anything fun that you're doing recently? Aside from work, mm. well, we started the podcast already. <laughs> I got inspired by you, so uh, I created a podcast with my boyfriend, Kicks, and it's all about just a couple, some uh, living together or career stuff. Since mm. we're both in the IT industry, so. Please check it out. It's called Yan Y A A A A N Triple A A A N. Okay, Yan. Yes, people can check it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you shared a lot today that people might find really interesting, and you also shared different kinds of tips that will surely help the people watching or listening to this episode. And yeah, you're doing a podcast right now. People can check it out. Are there anything else that is there anything that you would want to promote aside from that? So, um, or do you have any sort small of businesses. advocacy? <laughs> yeah. Please conserve water. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, wash your hair every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conserve water. Conserve water and support small businesses. Yes. Okay, thank you very much, Faye. This has been a very productive and wonderful conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been fun. (laughs) Good luck on your um, next seasons and congrats on your season finale. Yay, thank you. (laughs) Okay, yes. You're listening to Rome is in Manila, a podcast with the pandemic as its ground zero. I am Rome Juanetas. I am not your friend yet. Listen as we transcend through space and time discussing misadventures, noise, and learnings with guests who are learning and learning and learning things. Tune in. Stop being a stranger. Be a friend.